Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. I have a question, church. Have you ever been invited to a wedding? You're like, Ben, no. No, no, we have. To be honest with you, we've all gotten the invitation at one time or another to a wedding. Whether it be family members or close friends, whatever it might be, you've gotten an invitation. Now, to be honest with you, things have changed um, since the good old days. You go, well, what do you mean? Well, it's not the same anymore because now they first send out a save the date card, okay? And so you have to go buy these save the date cards and they send them to you and you're supposed to save that date. Okay, they want you to come, and so you save the date. You guys know what I'm talking about, save the date cards. Then what they do after that is then you'll get a wedding invitation closer to the date. And usually the invitation, you and I will get and we'll scrutinize it, and we'll look, oh, it's pretty, it's not pretty. Oh, I don't know why they picked these colors. But what we'll do is we'll get a RSVP. Do you know what an RSVP is? That means you have to let them know if you're going. You have to let them know. You guys, that's what our, hey, how many? Do you want the chicken or the fish? You don't get a choice. If you're coming. How many kids? Now, I have a question. How many of you, now be honest, we're in the church of we're, we're in the house of God. How many of you received an invitation but didn't RSVP? Come on, be honest. <laughs> You never sent it back whether you were coming or not. You got the RSV, you never sent it back. Okay, I got another question for you. How many of you did not RSVP, but you showed up anyway to the wedding? Look at you, not me. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate that. Lisa's the only one. Thank you. Y'all embarrassed. Shame on you. Let's be honest. Let me ask it again. How many of you did not RSVP and you said, well, I'm going anywhere. They're family. Right? Yeah, nobody's raising their hand now. Okay, come on now. I'm not sure if you're saved. I got to really talk to you about that afterwards. We do that, don't we? We, we have an RSVP and we'll go, well, they, you know what? Listen, I'll just call them or whatever it might be. And, and, so, and so we show up and... Listen, in our text today, we see a wedding invitation. But it's not just a normal wedding invitation from an old friend that you grew up in high school or, or a sister or a brother or, or, or a family member. This is from the king. This is from the king. Now, i got to be honest with you. I had a really hard time trying to put this in a perspective of even in, even in our United States today, if you understand what I'm trying to say, I was like, oh, well, if, if the White House, well, no. Well, if the, well, no, no. So I'm, I'm just saying, this is a king, and his son is getting married, and you're invited. Think about that. Now, 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 what's even better, what's even better then being invited is the moment you RSVP. Yes, I'm coming. Here's what happens. You're now the bride. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. The, the, the critical process, guys, the critical part of this process is you have to RSVP. 
whether you're coming to the wedding or not. And what we learned today is you can't, uh, you cannot RSVP and just show up. You have to RSVP. Now, we're thinking about weddings, and I'm sitting there going, weddings, okay, this is a wedding, the king, this is the king, this is, I want to go to the king's, it's going to be good. But I started thinking about, okay, why don't people RSVP? And some of you are honest in here, thank you, appreciate that. So I decided to go online and see reasons why people wouldn't attend wedding celebrations. Now, these ones are the crazy excuses for people not attending party. These are ones that said yes, but here's one. Here's the first one. You ready? She says, I have another party. I have agreed to attend your wedding party. Yes. However, a dear friend of mine later asked me to attend his birthday party on the same day and time as yours. So the reason he's not going to the wedding or she's not going to the wedding is because something better came along. My friend's birthday party is on the same day. Therefore, can you imagine? Can you imagine getting this RSVP? My wedding's important. This is the rest. And you're going to go to a birthday. That's one. Here's another one, guys. I have plans with other friends. Yes, I initially accepted the offer to come over for your wedding, your wedding party this coming Saturday. However, my friends later asked me to accompany them to an expedition to the country this coming weekend. So in other words, I have other plans. Can you relate to that? You're like, well, okay. How about this one? Number, number three. You ready? I don't feel like moving. I'm too lazy. And, and it goes on to say, trust me, I understand that you're hold your wedding party today. I also remember too well, I agreed to come over. Unfortunately, I just don't feel like coming. This is because I'm too lazy to leave my home. This is a, this is an excuse not to come to a wedding. I'm, no. You wanna come to my wedding? No. Why? I'm just lazy. I'm just lazy. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm gonna sleep. What time is it? No. Here's number four excuse. Ready? I didn't sleep well last night. As we agreed, I agreed to come over to your wedding party. I also hope to attend. However, I didn't sleep well last night, and therefore I'm too exhausted, tired, and sleepy to come over as I initially agreed. That's another one. But, but it gets even crazier. Why? Because I started looking, and you know when you start going, and I started thinking, there is an RSVP, there's an attendance, like I'm coming or not coming, and then there's behavior. And I thought that now it starts off with the favor of you to reply is kindly requested. Let's talk about attendance. Number one, it says, we'll attend. We'll attend. I'm coming. Number two, we'll not attend. My regards, I'm not coming. I, I'm sorry. Number three, I say I plan to attend, then I won't show up without any explanation, even though you already had to pay for me in advance of the headcount. Do you guys catch that? I plan to attend, and then I'm not going to show up. Now, we didn't go there, did we? How many of you RSVP'd and never went? Number four, here's the attendance. We'll attend, and I will bring a date, even though the invite offered no indication that I could. That's acceptance. But here's behavior. Check this out. He says, well, I'm the bride's ex, so I plan to spend most of the reception staring at the two of you. 
<laughs> Can you imagine checking that one? Or how about this one? I will try not to make a scene, but there are a lot of people at the reception that I haven't seen in a while, and I have some scores to settle. Can you imagine, Tiffany, at your wedding, that going down? Wow. Now, of course, church, I'm being silly with this RSVPs, and these, these were true, but, but to be very honest, in the text today, we see that the Lord Jesus is inviting us to a wedding. And as I look out throughout the audience, I see many people have, have RSVP'd, yes. There's many people that said, yes, I'm coming. But there are still many making excuses. Making excuses. If you're taking notes today, there are three main excuses for not attending in today's study. These are real excuses. If you have some notes, jot this down. Number one, indifference. Indifference. Okay? You go, what does indifference mean? It means the lack of interest, concern, or sympathy. In other words, ah, the king, the king is inviting you to a wedding. Ah, ah. Well, aren't you excited? Hmm, I don't know. It's the king. His son's getting married. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I don't know. Depends what's on TV that day, I guess. I don't know. That's indifference. That's indifference. That's one of those excuses that people are going to talk about. Number two, jot this down. Rebellion. Rebellion. This is the act of violent or open resistance to an establishment, government, or ruler. So there's going to be rebellion. Hey, you want to come to the king's wedding? No, I don't want to come to the king's wedding. I'm going to try to kill him. And then the third one, self-righteousness. Self-righteousness. It's a quality or state of being self-righteous. In other words, listen to me, it's putting your faith and trust in yourself, your works, or your behavior. That's what it means. In your works or yourself or your behavior. This is. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in. I'm going to go. I'm not going to RSVP but I'm still going to go. That's the self-righteousness. Now, before we go on, I've given you a, a little intro, but let's remember where we left off. If you remember, starting in chapter 21 through 25, we discovered that the two kingdoms are clashing. So you're going to see two kingdoms. It's the kingdom of God as Jesus is in his final week and the kingdom of men. There's, there's a showdown going on in these last chapters. Okay, and last week we talked about the showdown and we called it at the OK Corral. Jesus told uh, some parables. One was about two sons. One was asked to go out and work and he said, no, I'm not going to. Rah, rah, rah. And he was rebelling, but then he goes, oh, this is dad. OK, I repent. And he goes out and he was obedient. But the other said, oh, yes, father, I'll go out and work in the field. And then he didn't. And, and, and here's what Jesus said. He said, listen, according to Matthew 21, 32, he said, for John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live. He says, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors, prostitutes did. And even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. This is what Jesus said. This is what we talked about last week. We talked about the guys, the kingdom of heaven is coming to those. And we talked about it's the misfits. 
It's, it, it's those of us who, we're just, we're, we're on the discount rack. Right? We're, this, is, this is what he's talking about. He goes, those are the ones who first said, no, I don't want, I don't need God. I don't, but then said, oh, you know what? And then we come to him and we're like, whoa, this is, right? Saul, who is now the apostle Paul, was a misfit. He was on the discount. He was persecuting Christians and then got saved, radically saved. And what I love, what I love, and he's doing with you guys and he's doing with me, is that he doesn't take away our personality. He uses our personality for his kingdom. Paul was zealous to persecute Christians and get saved. And now he's zealous to see people saved. Here's what I love about you. Every one of you in this room has that beautiful personality that God made to use for his kingdom. Some of us are loud, boisterous, and just all over the place. And some of us are quiet, reserved. And I love it because that's what makes up the body of Christ. Some of us are quick-witted. And others, it takes you a while. I think I was insulted. I think... (laughs) You know what I could have said? I should have said this and that. And it's, and it's four hours later. And you're like, oh, I wish I had that argument back again. Next time, I'll get you, my pretty. And your little dog, too. So that's what we learned. We learned that. The second thing we learned, guys, is he says, he says, here's the showdown. The, the, the landowner in the vineyard, he said, he says, the showdown was about killing the owner's son to take the vineyard. And Jesus asks, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what is he going to do to the vine dressers? And of course, the religious leaders piped up and said, well, he'll put the wicked men to a horrible death and lease the vineyard to others who will give him some share of crop in each of the harvest. And remember the outcome. In verse 45, it says, When the chief priests and Pharisees heard, they perceived that he was speaking of them. Wait a minute. You're talking about us? But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitude because they took him for a prophet. So, again, he's telling parables. And uh, these guys get there. They just get there late. You guys know what I'm talking about? They're listening to the parable, and they're hanging on Jesus, and they're trying to trap him, and they go, Tony's talking about us! And then it makes them even more mad. Instead of repenting and going, wait a minute, he really is the Messiah. He really is God. Wow. Here's my heart. What, what, what should I do? And you guys know what I'm talking about. Do you all remember that in your life? Do you remember when there was a little bit of rebellion before you came to the Lord? Now, some of you grew up in church. I get that. But I'm talking about that when you go, man, there was a little bit of rebellion until you realized, oh, wait a minute, that's me, and I need a Savior. I'm not, I, oh, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Lord, be my God, be my Savior. Do you remember doing that? Do you remember doing that? And that's, the, the Pharisees didn't do that. You know what they said? We need to kill him. We need to kill him, but we can't kill him. Why? Because we think he's a prophet. Man, they'll kill us. Oh, this will be this will be crazy. And so that's kind of where we left it off. We left out for two showdowns. Now, now we pick it up in chapter twenty-two. Notice, 
Chapter 22, verses 1 through 3, and it says, And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son. And he sent out his servants to call all those who were invited to the wedding. And they were not willing to come. Wow. Let's unpack this just a little bit, guys. Let's just unpack this. Now, it's one thing to be invited to a wedding. Well, you know, my cousins, uncles, dads, brothers, sisters, friend invited me to a wedding. I'm not going to go. It's in Austin. I'll just, I'll just put on Facebook, congratulations, and then we'll be on our way, right? That's one thing. Is it not true? But this is the king. This is the king. This is someone, wow, the king invited his son. Oh, what an honor. I have to go shopping. I have to look real. Oh, this is good. oh, 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 man. Can you imagine the food they're going to have there? This is so good. This is amazing. I've, I'm, oh, yes, 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 yes. What an honor. This is the king. This is the king. Yet the word of God said, listen to me, listen to me. He said, and they were not willing to come. They were not willing to come. So what I pull out of this text that we need to grasp is, first and foremost, Jesus is teaching it's a kingdom principle. Okay, The kingdom of heaven is like. So always remember it's a kingdom principle. And he's sending out invites. Now, again, instead of sending out invitations or evites, do you know what evites are? They're what we put on, on electronic now. We send out evites and and uh, or, or some people will, will actually get married and they'll put it on Facebook. If you want to come, come. We're getting married on this day. And, and uh, But uh, the king does something a little bit different. He sends out his servants to invite people to the wedding. He sends out his servants. Who are his servants? You have a pencil handy. It's the pastors. It's the, it's the preachers. It's those that are sharing the gospel. He's sending them out. He's standing on a platform going, hey, how many of you want to come to a wedding? The king is throwing a wedding for us, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. Some of you, you've got your boogie shoes on. Let's go. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be dancing and eating, right? You got it? And you go, oh. Well, Pastor, since you, since you said boogie shoes, I have a serious theological question. Can Christians dance? Some can, and some can't. You know what I'm talking about? All right. Some of you got the groove, right? So anyway, so, sorry, 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 sorry. But you need to understand what he's saying so you get the grasp, okay? Here's how a Jewish wedding worked back in the day. You ready? A Jewish wedding lasted seven days. You have a wedding, you stand up here, the pastor says, blah, 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 amen, 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 and you're married, boom, and then now it's time for a party. This lasted seven days, but here's what you need to know. Here's what you need to know, okay? If you were the dad of the bride, and you invited people to the wedding, they would come and stay at your house for seven days. Yeah. They didn't come and leave, Right? Some of you who have a wedding, you're like, okay, it's time to go. We're, right? You're yelling out like, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here kind of thing. Seven days. Think, think about if you just invited 30 people. 
30 people in your house every single day. You got to get up and you got to cook for them and you got to make sure that they have three meals. And this is just a wedding celebration all day, every day, seven days. Can you imagine? You were responsible for everything. 30, this is just 30 people in your house. How many of you in here would be like, I would love that. I just love people everywhere. This would be great. And some of you are like, mm, not in my house. It's not like today where we rent a big thing and, 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 you know, and we have a reception for a few hours and then everybody goes home. This is different. Now, here's what would happen. What would happen, guys, is, is first and foremost, let's go back a little bit. If you were Jewish, you would arrange the wedding you would arrange who they were going to marry. And when they got old enough, it would enter the betrothal period. That's kind of like the engagement period. And you're not living together. It's the betrothal. But you still need a divorce paper. Once you're betrothed, you needed divorce papers to get out of this. Okay? So I'm telling you, can you imagine some of the arranged weddings? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you were arranging a wedding for your daughter, men, since it's Father's Day? You would really be nice to your dad because you don't, hey, not that guy. Mm. Nuh-uh. But they would. And they would be betrothed. Guess what would happen during the betrothal period? The son would go home. Now, wives, look at me. This is what would happen to you. The son would go home and he would build on to his father's house. So you're not living in your own house. You're going to live with the father. <laughs> Look at him saying, he's like, no way. And we're all going to go home. And, and uh, so think about it. As soon as the house was done, the dad would come and go, Son, it's ready. It's ready. Go get your bride. It's time for the wedding. Think about this. Think about this as we wait for the Lord. If you're a bride in here, or you're betrothed, okay? You're betrothed in here. And and your husband, your betrothed husband, went home to build the house, to build the room. You guys with me? When would you think he was coming back? If he left two days ago, you're not really concerned that he's going to build a room in two days. But if it's been six months, he's been gone for a while. I bet he's coming back. If it's nine months, you're getting anxious. It doesn't take that long. You're a realtor. How long does it take to build a, a room? Oh, I don't know. It's about nine months. Oh, then he's... You guys with me? That, if it's a year, you're waiting for him to come down the road. Some of you are getting it. It's been 2,000 years since Jesus said, I'm going to go prepare a place. Guys, we're here. We're here. And so what we sh- the exhortation for us as Bible-believing Christians is we should go in. He's coming. He's coming. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. He's coming. That's what we should be. This is the Jewish wedding. Look it up. Look it up. So they would have this huge wedding, food, everything. 
But think about this. If you're invited to the king's wedding, could you imagine? You get to stay in the palace. The food is going to be phenomenal. The music is going to be better than karaoke. You guys understand that, right? You're going to have, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. And I could imagine there, guys, we're sitting there, you see Jesus is telling this parable, and we would think, man, what an honor to be invited. What an honor to the king's son. Because we know that there's going to be room. You see, in our house, there may not be room for 30 people. But in his house, there's going to be lots and lots of room. And there's going to be lots and lots of food. And there's going to be lots of dancing and lots of praising and lots. It's going to be amazing. This is where we're going. This is. Oh. And then my heart breaks. You go, why? Listen. It says that there are people that were not willing. Refusing such an invitation from the king would be a shocking insult. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? These people right here who said, no. Hey, 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 brothers, guess what? Guess what? The king has invited you. His son's getting married. It's going to be great, great. No? No, thanks. It would be a shocking... you, You want me to go back to the king... And say no. And that's what these guys are doing. And I think that's what happens when you and I share the gospel. The true gospel to people. And they kind of smell, smile at you and pat you and say, that's good for you. It's, it's okay. You're like, wait, 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 wait. I'm inviting you to the wedding. No, no. And you go, well, for what reasons? What reasons? Well, look at verse 4. He says, and again he sent out other servants. Tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted calf killed, all things are ready. Come to the wedding. What's their response? Verse 5. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm and another to his business. What? What? If you have a pencil handy, guys, right here is where we see indifference. This is indifference. Hey, hey, Tiffany, it's ready. It's ready. Tell them to come right now. The food is ready. It's ready. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, mmm, mmm, mmm. Well, I've got homework to turn in. Uh. Uh, tell the king I can't go. Adam's on his way home. I don't want to. It's hot outside. It's like it's hot. Is the wedding outside or inside? Is it going to be air conditioning? What kind of food? Is it is it gluten free? Huh. I can't believe that. I can't believe that because he's going, guys, and here's what we see in difference. See, it doesn't necessarily listen to me. You gotta you gotta grasp this. This is gonna change you. It doesn't necessarily mean that their life was a mess. You see, there's a lot of people who come to the Lord when their life is a mess. Oh, 
Oh, my life is a mess. I've got to come to Jesus. I've got to come to Jesus. Oh, my life is a mess. And then they come, and then when their life gets back on track just a little bit, they go, oh, okay, I'm good now. Thanks, God. This means that life is good. Life is good for them. Okay? Life is good. They really had no interest in the wedding of the son. They really had no interest. You see, they were busy with what interested them. They really had no concern for what was happening in the world, nor the invitation to a wedding. Your attention, please. Is that not what we see today? We see so many people when we go, do you see what's going on in the world? Do you see what's happening? They're going, what? Well, bro, gas prices are, what? Oh, no, we've had that before. Huh. It'll be better, trust me. And, well, well, yeah, but, but, but you understand what's going on in the Middle East. And, and again, they, it's not that they're going, well, stop it! They're just going, they're indifferent. They're just, they're, they're, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me they was like in the days of Noah when they just were busy doing their own thing? Yeah, kind of like in the days of Noah. What do we do? Try to build our family, have kids, get married, enjoy life, go on vacation. That's what's happening, church. And my job is to warn you, go, hey, 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 listen, don't, don't be indifferent. Don't, don't, don't be indifferent. But I find it interesting, look at me, guys, that they, that the king sent out more servants. Like the first servant went, hey, 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 and he gives them, and he says, but, but go with a specific message. Tell them, it's, it's almost like the first set of servants were saved to date. You understand? And the second set of servants were like, it's wedding time. That's what's going on. Okay? And he gives them. He says, dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. Moms, have you ever made dinner? And right when dinner's about ready, the kids and the, and the husbands scram for just a little bit. And you're like, dinner is on the table. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's, who's, who's amen? And, and hold on. We're just... That's what he's saying. He's saying, it's ready. It's ready right now. Dinner's on the table. Here's our thought. Come on, church. Our thought is, well, what do we have to do? And here's what he's saying. You don't have to do anything. You see, the house is ready. Dinner's on the table. The music is set. It's going to be glorious. What do you have to do? All you have to do is RSV. P, I'm coming. I'm coming. That's all you got to do. That's all you. But their response? Eh. Eh. Think about this. Our priorities in life, you hear me, church? Dictate our choices. Our priorities dictate our choices. Our choices determine the outcome of our lives. Our choices are often between alternatives that appear equally attractive, but actually lead to an entirely different destination. Whether we arrive at the right destination or not depends on our choice. Think about your choice. Your choice, your choice to get up and come to church this morning. That was your choice. I hope nobody had their arm twisted to come to church this morning. 
Get in the car! Get in the car! We're going, no! You know, I mean, we had a choice. We had a choice, and the choice was we're going to church. And the, the, the choice dictate the outcome. What was the outcome? It was in church. But for some, there might have been an, an equally attractive other choice. We go to breakfast. You want to go to church? You want to go to breakfast? Oh, oh breakfast. Where's the all-you-can-eat pancakes? Let's go. The choice you made, what happens, guys, will lead you to an entirely different destination. And, and that's what he's saying. Now, think about this. Think about these folks, okay? They're indifferent. You guys with me, right? Think about this. Their, the folks' choice was not a choice of love, nor was it a choice of hate. But it was a choice of indifference. And that's worse. That's worse. People say the opposite of love is hate, it's indifference. Could you imagine going to your sweetheart and saying, Honey, I love you. And your sweetheart looking at you going, Ah, okay. Bummer, dude. <laughs> Bummer, dude. No, 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 honey, 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 look at me. Look at me in the eyes. Look. Honey, I, I love you. I heard you. Cool. That's what these people are doing to the Lord. You see, he says, I love you. I died for you. And people are like, okay. Okay. That's one excuse. Look at the next excuse, guys. Look at the next excuse for not coming to the wedding. Verse 6. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. If you have a pencil handy, you can circle this. This is rebellion. This is rebellion. That's another excuse. This is an open act of violence upon resistance. So in our story in the wedding, it's ready. The servants are sent. And yet, instead of, I mean, even worse than indifference is is rebellion. Is rebellion. Hey, guess what? What? There's a wedding. The king is inviting you. And he wants to kill you. Don't tell me that. Listen, let me just tell you, and let me just lovingly tell you something about Christianity. It's not an easy road. Christianity, Christianity, listen, you've got a message, and the enemy hates you. And a lot of times it's going to be met with resistance and rebellion. Some of you in this room can testify to the fact that you have been sharing the gospel, and they have gotten outright rebellious and evil and ugly towards you. And you're just like, I'm... Listen, I'm just trying to share. I'm just trying to share life-giving information, and they are hostile towards you. Don't let it discourage you, because a lot of times we're like, well, if you don't, well, whatever. You know, if you don't want to do that, whatever. It's going to happen, church. Think about the apostles. Think about how they died. I won't give them all to you, but think about Peter. 
Peter, man, was crucified upside down. I mean, crucified normally is brutal, but upside down? Think about this. Think about James. James, the brother of John, he was beheaded. Can you imagine? I think of Andrew. Andrew was crucified. These are guys that were sharing the gospel. Now, this one, I don't know if it's true or not. I don't want it to be true, but Bartholomew says that he was skinned, alive, and beheaded. That's not cool. So, hey, Bart, what's up? Hey, how you doing? You're in heaven? Yeah, I'm in heaven. What happened? Well, I was sharing the gospel, and they skinned me alive and killed me. Wait, wait, wait. You were what? I was sharing the gospel. What were you doing? I was trying to invite people to this place. It's a great wedding. Wow. Matthew, they say by some that he was burned to death. Others say he was stabbed by a sword. I'm not sure which one it was, but think about it. This is outright, guys, rebellion. Listen, church, when we present the gospel and give an invite to this amazing wedding, which is heaven, many will be hostile toward us. Many will be hostile toward us. What's the result? Verse 7, but when the king heard about it, he was furious, and he sent out his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned up their cities. Guys, think about this in a practical way. How so? About 40 years later, Rome, under Titus Aspasian, came in, and what they do to Jerusalem? Do you guys remember? They burned it down, right? And, uh, I mean, I mean, this was, this was, I mean, one commentator said this, Ah, Jerusalem, once the city of the great king, and even up almost to its time, but now it's their city, just as our Lord, a day or two after this, said of the temple, whereas God had, had dwelt so long, he said, Behold, your house has left you, left unto you desolate. I mean, think about this, guys. It, 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 I mean, the, this is a true parable. And 40 years later, Jerusalem is burning. How many servants and prophets and invites and evites and social media did the Lord send out before Jesus came? He kept telling them, the king is coming. The king is coming. The Messiah is coming. He's going to be coming in a manger. He's, this is, this is, he's got to come. Think about it, guys. How many? And, and what would they do with the prophets? They would kill him. I think, guys, oh, my goodness. I mean, you just, you just think of all of these, all the prophets that have come. I mean, wow. Jeremiah. Can you think? Can you imagine Jeremiah. Think about Hosea. No, we're good, Hosea. We're good. How, how can we be under judgment if we're prosperous? Is what they would tell Hosea. Doesn't that sound a little bit like America today? How can we? How, we're not under judgment. We're prosperous. And yet... Over the past 12 months, we can see a sharp change in 
that prosperity, have we not? I had to make a choice at my house in 2022. I don't know if you know this, but there's one essential thing that a that grass needs in order to grow. Does anybody know what it is? <laughs> yeah. So we either had air conditioning or we had water. We chose the air conditioning. Think about what's going on in the world. And yet they killed him. So in verse 8, he said to his servants, The wedding, it's ready. But those who are invited are not worthy. Think about that, guys. Let me just say this to you. A declined invitation will make you unworthy. So they're not worthy. Therefore, what should I do? Go into the highways. And as many as you find, invite, the, invite to the wedding. So the servants went out to the highways and gathered together all who they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. I love these verses. Why? Guess what? In other words, he went out and he invited us. He invited us. Those of you who have put your faith and trust in God were invited to the wedding, and when you RSVP'd, you instantly became the bride. By faith, you, when you said yes, you were now the bride. Now, think about the difference. What's the difference between a guest and the bride? What's the difference? Oh, it's a big difference, is it not? Wow, because in a wedding, it's all about the bride. What do you mean? Well, listen, when your daughters get married, the husbands might do something, but they don't do a whole lot, do they? Just tell me what to wear and tell me when to show up. It's the moms. It's all oh, this. Oh, we got to go shopping for colors and look at the, oh. And, 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 and all you hear is cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. cha-ching. You're like, stop. But it's a beautiful wedding. And then you come and it's like, oh, what a beautiful wedding. Moms did that. Moms did that. But what I love about this is the king says, hey, listen, listen, it's ready. It's ready. And here's what I love about God. He's going to give you an invitation, but he's never going to make you come. He's not going to put the, he's not going to hit the Bible over your head and say, you need to come. He goes, okay, you don't want to come? I'm going to send out two. I'm going to send out two. These people come. And that's how you got saved. You got saved because Why? Because this is who you were. I love it. And now you're the bride. You're the bride. But we have a problem. You go, Ben, what's the problem? Here's the problem. You see, there are those who will not RSVP, right? Based upon a simple invite by the king but they're going to try to show up to the wedding based upon their own self-righteousness. Okay? So the king sends out an invitation, right? And you go, oh, I'm not going to, I don't need to say yes, but I think I'm going to go. Why, church? Why? Because every one of us really does want to go to heaven. But these people here are trying to do it their way. 
They're trying to do it their way. Not God's way. And what's, 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 what's even more beautiful is God's way is easier. God's way is easier. He says, hey, come. What do I have to do? Nothing. Just come. Just RSVP. I've got it all taken care of. It's going to be glorious. Do you want to come? And some of us are indifferent. We go, no, I've got better things to do. I, don't, eh, I could take it or leave it. Others are like, no, I don't, why, why are you doing this? And, and they're rebellious. And then others kind of go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's see. I'm going to try to get there, not God's way, but I'm going to try to get there my way. I'm going to try to get there my way. How? Based on works. Let's say I'm going to work. I'm going to work. I'm going to make sure God sees me. I'm going to work. I'm going to work for God. I'm going to work. Or my behavior. I'm going to be good. I'm going to give. I'm going to be, I'm going to be nice to people. I don't like people. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be, you know, hey, how you doing? And, and, and again, think about it. This is who they are. And again, it's, it just reeks. Why? But look at verse 11 and we'll see what he's talking about. But when the king came to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to his servants, bind him hand and foot and take him away and cast him into outer darkness. Will there be weeping and gnashing of teeth? Why? For many are called, but few are chosen. Your attention, please. He didn't have a wedding garment on. Oh, oh, did I tell you that when you RSVP, you get, you get clothed with Christ? That's your wedding garment? The Holy Spirit comes and lives inside you? That's when you give your life to the Lord. How do I know? Your life is different. You're clothed in Christ. It's so cool. Well, how do I know if I'm not saved? You don't have a wedding garment. And this guy shows up. Can you, can you imagine? Everybody's having a good time, right? Celebrate. Good. And we're having a great time. And there's a guy walking around like this. Sir, come here. Come here. Huh? How'd you get in here? The man accepted his invitation, but on his own terms. And it doesn't work that way. Jesus said that you cannot come to the Father except through him. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it my I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to do it my way. And, 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 and what is that, guys? What is that? A lot of times we think it's our, listen, it's our heritage. This is, this is the religion we were brought up in. Everybody does it. This is what I'm going to do. And this is, we, we put our faith and trust in our heritage. We put in faith and our trust in religion. This is the religion we were brought up in. This is what we're going to do. A lot of times people will put their faith and trust in, in their behavior. There's one thing I love about West Texas, I love about Lubbock, is people are so nice and so loving, but it doesn't mean they're Christian. They've been brought up with good moral values and good yes sir, no ma'am, and open the door, and and, and I love that, you understand that, but that's not going to get you to heaven. Nor is that your dad was a pastor or your grandpa was a pastor or whatever it might be. Every one of us in this room has to RSVP into the kingdom. This guy said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it on my own. Listen to, listen to this. Warren Wearsby writes this. 
The wedding garment was provided by the host so that everybody was properly attired and the poor did not feel conspicuous. Salvation is personal and individual. We must accept what God gives us, the righteousness of Christ, and not try to make it our own. Since these parables have a definite national emphasis, this personal emphasis was at the end the most important. So the showdown had a lot to do, fig tree had a lot to do with Israel, but now he's getting personal. One of the biggest excuses not to RSVP church is to try to get there on our own terms. That's the biggest self-righteousness. You go, well, Ben, 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 quick, 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 quick. What does that look like? Like, what does that look like in my life? You ready? Number one, closed-mindedness. Closed-mindedness. Now, again, I'm preaching to the choir because you all are here, and you have an open mind. You come in, you're ready to learn. That's what a disciple does. I'm ready to learn. But those that we speak to might go, eh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll never forget growing up, the Jesus movement hit our town, and drug addicts in my neighborhood were getting saved. But I still had a closed mind to what was going on. Do y'all remember? Any of you remember that? What's going on? You were like, man, something's changing, but that's just weird. And you thought it was weird because you were going to stand on how you were brought up. And they would tell you about Jesus, and you'd be like, <laughs> that, that's self I'm, I'm closed-minded. You know what another one is? Uh, uh, they knew it all. Do you know what a know-it-all is, including God? They know it all. And that's what self-righteousness, I know it all. I know it. Oh, can I tell you about Jesus? Oh, no, I know. I know. I know it. No, but listen, let me, let me, no, I know it. How about this? How about this? Uh, a self-righteous has a lack of love. A lack of love. And this is the one that kills me more than anything. Self-righteous looks like they value self over God. What's the most important thing in your life? It should be God. But I'm going to make it to heaven on my own terms, even though I love me more than I love God. Guys, note with me the result of trying to get to heaven. What was the result? The king said to his aides, notice, bind his hands and feet and throw him into outer darkness. What's happening in outer darkness? The weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now stay with me. This is most important. Listen to me very carefully. We've used this term over and over and over again. But there's going to be weeping in hell. There are those people, first and foremost, who go, I should have listened. I should have listened. My friends were telling me about God, and, and they're, they're weeping. And they're so hurt and so broken, and there's nothing they can do, and they're weeping, guys. 
It's all of us who, it's all the people who might have said indifference. Oh, I'm, oh, why was I so indifferent? Why was I so indifferent? And they're, this is what Jesus, they're weeping. But then you have another group of the gnashing of teeth. And every time you see gnashing of teeth, it's not just like, it's anger. They're mad at God. They're mad at God. They're there in hell and they're going, oh, and it's, you got those that are going, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I listen? Why didn't I listen? I should have given my life to the Lord. You see, we have one chance here on earth. When you're alive, if you give your life to Jesus, you're, you're invited. You RSVP. If you don't, the Bible says you'll die in your sins. And some of you are going to go, I'm weeping. And many others are going to go, I knew that's what kind of God you were. And they're going to shake and they're going to gnash their teeth at him. I'm not sure I feel so sorry for these ones who are angry and mad at God. But my heart breaks for those that are on the fence and say no to him. That's who I... Well, Pastor Ben, what, what, what is your purpose? My purpose is to stand on a platform and say, come to the wedding. It's amazing. It's going to be great. Please come. You don't even know me. I want you there. I want, I want all of us there. I want all of us there. Please come. Please come. And then you have to make the decision where you say yes to Jesus. Listen, here, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Every one of us in this room has been invited to a wedding. And it's going to be glorious. And the king says, my son's getting married. Would you come? And all we have to do, listen to me, is RSVP. That's all we have to do. You go, Ben, I'm not sure how. How do we RSVP? Well, in a moment, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is a prayer of faith with all of your heart, and it's you responding to the invitation. Now, here's what's going on in your mind right now. Those of you that are saved are going, I'm in. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that. But some of you who are here going, I'm not sure where I stand, Lord. Your heart starts beating, and you're thinking, well, my family thinks I'm saved. Everybody thinks I'm saved. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Oh, my goodness, this is... This is. And, 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 and we understand that, because every one of us who've ever gotten saved knows this feeling. It's the inner struggle before you say yes to God. And what you have to do is you have to say, no, this is too important. I'm going to say yes to God today. I, I want to RSVP. I'm going to go. I want to go. Well, what does that look like? And so the enemy's going, oh, now you have to change. You're going to have to change. No, you don't have to change. Just come to the Lord. Let him change you how he wants to change you. Nobody's telling you you have to change. You have to cut your hair. You have to, you have to dress a certain way. We have to dress Christian. You know, we're just Christians. We have to dress this way. Just, just come. He's saying just come. He never said, he just said RSVP. Just come. Come. And what's most amazing is as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you now are not only invited, but you're the bride. Ah, the bride, wow. Wow. That's the best part. That's the best part because we're in love with Jesus. See, if you'll let Jesus come in and change your life, think about this. Today, he followed you all the way to church. 
and he's knocking on your heart right now, and he's saying, hey, hey, how about today? How about today you RSVP? And he makes it really, really simple. He makes it simple. He's saying today. Because without it, you're going to try to show up at the wedding, and you're not going to have any of the wedding garb on. The wedding garment, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. But maybe you're here today and you've been struggling with God. You've been wrestling with God. Maybe you're here today and you're going, I don't know about this, man. I don't know. Maybe you're here today and you, you, you've been wrestling with God about a certain issue, but you realize that today, hey, I, I've got to get right with God. I, I, I don't want to play games anymore. I, I want to be right with him 100% of the way. I, and, and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen, some of you in this room, you feel like God is a million miles away from you right now. You feel that way. I don't, I don't even know if God answers me. Listen, you may feel like he's a million miles away, but he's one decision for you to come back. By faith, you say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to let him take control from now on. I've tried it all my life. You see, you're in here, so you're not rebellious. You're not rebelling. You're not hostile. You're either indifferent or you're trying to make it on your own. But what I love is the majority of you in here have already RSVP'd. And so this lesson is to help you as you minister to other people. But there might be somebody watching online. There might be somebody in here going, Pastor, I'm not right with God. And if he were to come back today, I don't know if I'd go to heaven. You might feel like that right now. You might feel like you have no purpose in life whatsoever. I don't even know why I was born. I don't even know why I'm here. And God's going, no, I have a plan. I have a purpose. I know who you are. I know every hair on your head. And, I have, and I've loved you since you were born. And I want you to come. I want you to come. And you go, well, pastor, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to just lift up your hand. And why do I have to lift up my hand? Because I want God to see your heart. If you're serious about this, you have to take that step to say, yes, I'm going I'm to RSVP, and I don't care who knows about it. Did you RSVP? I RSVP. Everybody, I know. I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. That's where we are. Hey, I've got an invitation to a wedding. You want to come? Then make sure you RSVP. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today and the truth in your word. Father, we, we just thank you. Lord, it's in your word. Wow, the wedding feast. I'm excited. I want everybody, Lord, to come to the wedding feast. And I pray your spirit is moving so mightily because it's not what I say but it's by your Holy Spirit that people get saved. And I'm asking that, Lord, you would just speak to them. With every eye closed and every head bowed, let me tell you a story. Just, just keep praying. Just let me tell you a story very quick. When I got saved at 17, the Lord gave me a dream, and the Lord in the dream was very prophetic, and that I would stand on a platform somewhere, and I would invite people into the kingdom. And many people would get in the truck, in the kingdom with me, into salvation. And many people would stand listening to me, but with their arms crossed, never make that decision. 
It's never been more real than today. So listen, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if you are not right with God, you've never given your life to Jesus. You've never RSVP'd, sent the invitation back to him saying, yes, I'm going to follow you. Then today is your day. You go, Ben, what do I need to do? What do I have to do? I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm saved. I really don't. I, I mean, doing, I'm doing the churchianity thing. I'm doing the, the, the Christianity thing, but I, I, I don't know if I'm really saved. Well, here, right now, between you and God, I want you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor Ben, I'm serious. Would you pray for me? I want to give my life to God today. I want to RSVP to the wedding. I, I'm ready to come. It's ready. It's ready. Any time now. So you need to lift up your hand. If you're not right with God, just do that right now. Would you do that for me? If you're serious about God and you have not RSVP to the wedding, today's the day. Ask the Holy Spirit, am I saved? And don't be ashamed because God is speaking to you right now. Are you right with God? No, Pastor. Then today, right now, just lift up your hand. I'm just going to give you a moment, and I'm going to look across the audience. Are you saved? Say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to be saved. If you're watching online, I can't see you, but you can lift up your hand, and you can pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I want to come to the wedding. And so I know I'm a sinner. And so I invite you inside to be my Lord, to be my God, to be my Savior, to be my friend. Please forgive me, Lord, for all that I've done. Take away my past, the guilt, the shame, and give me a new life. I believe in you, Lord. I trust that you're coming back. I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's worship. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.